Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here, Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you on another podcast episode. Hey, give us a like and make sure you're commenting. We love hearing those comments. And you know what? Share it with a friend. Why not? Right? We enjoy that. Uh, I'm excited today. I bring a special guest on, Jillian Berbakov. She is a stormwater engineer. And I think a lot of people out there don't quite understand maybe what a stormwater engineer does. So I wanted to bring her on and talk about what she does as a stormwater engineer, what she's excited about in the future, interesting projects that she's worked on. She graduated at 16 and started college at 16, got a business degree, and then decided she wanted to switch that up and go to engineering a little bit later and then got back into the engineering world and now works as a stormwater engineer. So we talk all about what that's about. She has a great advice about taking the difference between the PE water resources exam versus taking the environmental PE exam. They're two separate exams and uh, which one that she went with and how that helped her. But um, we answer all of these questions in this episode. It's a great episode and uh, I can't wait till you check it out. So my interview with Jillian is going to be coming up right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is awesome. It's 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. If you have not tried these, I don't know what's wrong with you. They recently came out with a coconut brownie chunk, which is amazing. I'm a big coconut fan, so if you're in the coconut camp, you got to try that. If not, what's wrong with you? Just kidding. They have lots of other different flavors, so go check them out. They have strawberry. They've got cherry lime, peanut butter brownie, coconut. Again, different types of coconut bars, raspberry, double chocolate, and all kinds of stuff. This stuff is way better than a candy bar for you. Definitely a snack you want as you're studying for your FE or PE. It's got 130 calories, only 2.5 grams of fat, 4 net carbs, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. This is way better than what's out there for other protein bars and definitely better than candy bars. So go check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash built and use our discount code of C-I-V-A-C and you'll get a 10% off on anything that you order there. So go check that out. Hey guys, if you haven't already, I want to let you know about our awesome newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the Civil Engineering Academy newsletter, seriously, what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Go check it out though. You'll get all the latest episodes that we produce, blog articles, exams, discounts, course material, all this fun stuff is through our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up, go check it out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter. You'll be taken. Go sign up and uh, you'll start getting our fun newsletters that we send out usually once a week. So go check it out. Civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter and go sign up. All right, Jillian, we are live. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I wanted to connect with you as a kind of a stormwater engineer, a designer that deals with stormwater. But before I jump into questions about that, I usually like to ask how you found yourself into this world of civil engineering and specifically in the discipline that you found yourself in. Sure. My dad's an engineer. My uncles are both engineers. I've got an aunt that's an engineer. So we have a lot of engineers in our family, but I decided I want to do something different. So I actually went to school for business worked for a few years for Black & Decker doing sales and marketing and stuff and decided that I actually did want to do something with engineering. So I went back to school, jumped around a little bit, but I really was drawn towards environmental engineering and water and things like that. I really enjoyed my water resources classes. So my professor actually recommended me for an internship at Stantec. 
And I got that job and that was kind of my intro into Stormwater and I haven't left it since then. So I really wow, enjoy it. That's awesome. So you went from business, you even had a job yeah. and then switched <laughs> later to engineering. Yes. I was 16 when I graduated college. So I was a little bit young and just wanted to have college at 16. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. You must be a really smart person. That's awesome. I think I just got lucky and was able to do some dual enrollment stuff and yeah, skipped a couple grades. <laughs> so did you take a lot of college credit classes in high school then? I did. And I also skipped sixth grade. Wow. Well, maybe you should be something more than engineering. <laughs> you need to work for NASA or something. No, I'm <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. Well, we're happy to have you in the civil engineering community and, um, that's just awesome to hear about. 16, that's just kind of blown me away. Can you explain a little bit for those that don't know, what does a stormwater engineer do? Sure. Why is it different than other disciplines? So you can go a couple different routes. When I first started, I worked mostly doing work for FDOT. So you're working in tandem with the roadway department. And while they're designing all the roads and everything, you're figuring out ways to keep all the water off the roads. You want to make sure that people aren't hydroplaning. So we've got to keep spread minimalized. And then here in Florida, water quality is a big issue. So we also have to work with all the permitting and finding out ways to clean the water before we discharge the water. Well, there's a lot that goes into that. There is. And then the other side of it that I also have worked a little bit on is working for developers. So whenever they're putting in big plazas or anything like that, they also have to do similarly, collect the water and treat the water. So a lot of people drive by a construction site and they see these SWIP plans, the SWIP yeah. permits and things of that nature. I'm assuming you're involved with those. Yes, that too. Uh, there's a lot of different permitting that goes into stormwater. So the SWIP plans is one part of it that's dealing with erosion control and making sure that you're not contaminating any of the runoff leaving your site. We also do work with the Army Corps of Engineers. We've got to get permits through that. A lot of times if you're changing bridge sizes, they'll have us work on the bridge hydraulics and kind of fill out all of those forms too. What softwares are you mainly using? What software? There's a lot of different softwares. Um, if we're looking at like a pipe network, a lot of times we'll use a program called ASAD or Hydroflow. Right now, there's a big push in Florida to start moving to ORD. I haven't had a whole lot of experience with ORD yet. We're kind of inching our way towards there. We do a lot of pond design using, you can use pond software. Here in Florida, we use a lot of ICPR4 software. I'm actually working in Arizona also. And over there, they use a program called Flow2D. Do you get involved with HECRAS and the yep. programs? I was going to mention HECRAS and HY8 are other ones if you're looking at culvert sizing things like that. So there's a ton of different softwares that we can use. Do you get involved in developing floodplain maps? I have in a previous job, but I haven't where I'm at right now. When I was at AECOM, we did a little bit of that. I feel like that it gets involved with a lot of residential stuff and yep. insurance claims and kind of a big deal to define where you're going to have a flood. So Yeah. And also when I was working with the developers, sometimes you can request a letter of map revision. So if you are in a floodplain and you build up, then you can say that you're no longer in the floodplain. So you just do a revision, uh, you send that to FEMA. You build high on stilts. Yeah, or like fill in the land a little bit so that way awesome. you're not in the floodplain anymore technically. So there's a lot that can go into that. Okay. 
So all of these pieces of software and what you're doing with that, I mean, are these the tools or is there anything more that helps you plan a stormwater system, I guess, to manage runoff in an effective way? Are those the main tools is using the software? Those are the main ones. And then we also have a lot of different Excel spreadsheets that we'll use. I've put together different spreadsheets that do the computations a little bit faster than if you're doing it by hand. I know when you're first starting out in the drainage world, that's a great way to get to know how things work. And if you change one thing, how it's going to affect everything else, it just really makes you think about the system as a whole. That makes sense. Then you're calculating it by hand, you're moving it to a spreadsheet, you can change the values that you need to change and see what happens. Exactly. Okay, awesome. So I always recommend like younger engineers, it's a great way to get started and figure things out instead of, you know, going straight into the software that does it all for you. Or straight into your coworker spreadsheet that does it for you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That's cool. I guess as a follow up to that, how have you seen maybe climate change affect what you're designing in stormwater? Now with climate change, we see larger storm events more frequently. So for example, the job in Arizona, technically, according to the manual, we only have to design to a 10-year storm event, but we worked with the county and we've decided that we're going to go with a 50-year storm event just because they're seeing more of these higher intensity rainfall events. So we just want to make sure that we're doing the best for our clients and for the public safety and everything. Job that we're starting here in Florida, we have to look at sea level rise and project that out and see how that's going to affect our design. So climate change is really important in drainage. Are there any buzzwords within your industry, like resiliency and things of like, like that? Is that part of that? Resiliency, anything green infrastructure, all that is really hot right now. All right. Well, that's good. To know. Being in Florida, like I said, we do have to do a lot of water quality things that a lot of the other states don't have to do yet. So it's kind of fun to be over here working with it. And then I've got calls from other coworkers in different states to see how we're handling it so that they can start implementing some of those. Wow. What are some of the most innovative or interesting projects that you've been able to work on as a stormwater engineer? We did a big study for I-4, which is the main intersection between Tampa and Orlando, and just kind of getting to work on that and figure out these are giant ponds that we need and how we're going to, where we're going to place them first to fall and how we're going to divide up the basins so water can get to the ponds. So that was a really cool project. I like working on different projects, so that's why I'm really happy with the company I'm at now because I get to work on projects all over the country and get to do a little bit of everything, which has been really fun too. That's awesome. Can you talk about a little bit about some of the challenges that you have faced? I guess maybe becoming a engineer as well as challenges maybe in the workplace. Sure. I think big challenge is, you know, remembering everything and studying and getting your PE. That's a huge accomplishment. So that takes a lot of time and dedication. I had just had my baby when I was trying to get my PE. So (laughs) trying to juggle a baby with studying for the PE was a challenge. What advice would you have for moms out there preparing for this thing? Get a good support network. My husband is super supportive. So he took on a bigger responsibility at that time just because he knew I needed my study time. Needed to be quiet and be able to concentrate. So he was great about that. I think your support network is everything especially for a working mom in any industry. For sure. And then I think professionally, the hardest thing is drainage is not as cut and dry as a lot of other branches of engineering. So I can look at a problem and solve it one way and someone else can look at it and solve it a completely different way. So I think 
working with other people, it can be difficult if they want to use a different methodology and kind of have a back and forth. I actually enjoy that, but I know some people can be, that can be a little off-putting for them. It kind of opens up the door to think in different ways and try different things. And maybe there's not the right way to do it. That's kind of how drainage is. But sometimes it can be difficult if you're trying to look over someone else's work and kind of melding that together. So you always have to think there's more than just one way to do it. Kind of like, how do they do this thing? Sometimes I have to like dig into their calculations a little bit more and, and figure it out. So I imagine you go through that anytime you're doing a review before anything goes out the door, you're having to, to sit down and do that. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. How does the work you do as a stormwater engineer intersect with other fields like environmental engineering or other civil disciplines? I think the heaviest one is with roadway and with structures. All of us all have to work together. And then also transportation, signing and payment marking and signals. We need to be aware of where, you know, the signal is going to be and make sure that our drainage structures are out of the way enough. Sometimes it can be a little bit of a give and take. If there's a low point in the road, I have to have an inlet there. So I have had a job where, you know, we decided, well, they're going to have to do a little bit of ponding because I can't put the inlet at the low spot and they couldn't move the low spot. So <laughs> it's just one of those things that we ended up drainage move the inlet like two feet away. So the water will get there, but there'll be a little bit of ponding. <laughs> then we're just going to have to deal with that one. Yep. Sometimes it just is what it is. So you just have to talk to the client and figure out what is most important to them. And if they're okay with a little bit of ponding, then we move forward. Wow. That's interesting. As a stormwater engineer, how do you see that field evolving in the future or in the coming years? And is there anything there that excites you? Yeah, I think that we're definitely heading towards more green infrastructure. I think more states are going to start requiring that we clean the stormwater system, clean out that water. I worked in Indiana for a little bit and they have a combined sewer system. So they're sanitary and their stormwater together. And I know they're starting to get away from that, which is a huge challenge in these cities that have been around for hundreds of years. And we've got to all of a sudden find room for stormwater plus a sanitary line when before there was just one. So that's kind of an interesting challenge. And just dealing with climate change and looking at the bigger storm events means we're going to need bigger pipes. It means we're going to need bigger ponds. It's exciting. Wow. Those sound like unique challenges that we're facing. I hear about like future things in other areas of civil engineering, but it's fun to hear what's going on in the stormwater world and things that you've got going on in that arena. So very interesting. Hey, I want to back up a little bit to the PE exam. And it sounds like you were able to pass that hurdle. Sounds like it was a big challenge. What's been the value of having your PE license in the field that you're in? And would you have any other tips for people trying to pass them? Yeah, I mean, I think that it helps you to get to the next point in your career. I wanted to get into project management, which I'm starting to get into now. You need to have your be able to do that. I've always wanted to be able to not just, you know, have had my business degree from before, but also be able to use it in a management role. So for me, it was important to kind of get the PE so I could start feeling like I could actually use both of my degrees. Well, that's awesome. Do you have any other degrees that we should know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I know for engineering in general, though, it's definitely been helpful to have both of my degrees just because it made me a lot more comfortable speaking in public and talking to people. So, Oh, that's good. I mean, that does bring up a good point of kind of the, what, the soft skills or people skills where you need to get in front of people and talk about stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like the business degree helped oh, yeah. do that a little more? 
for sure. I was very introverted and just very shy. And being in business, you have to talk to everybody. You have to be able to just, you know, convince the store manager that you need more space or convince a contractor that they need to buy DeWalt tools instead of whatever they were buying before. So it was a good experience. Now you're an engineer and you're selling something else. Exactly. You're still selling something. So you're selling a service now. <laughs> was there any other advice or tips you'd like to share with people that maybe want to go into this field of study? Yeah, I think that you know, if you're still in college, it's great to try different internships. It's a great way to figure out if you're actually going to like what you're doing and you still have time to kind of, you know, test different things and figure out what you really want to do. And then studying, just, I think, figure out what works for you and make sure that you're setting aside the time. The earlier you can take your PE exam, I think the better, just because there's a lot that you don't use every day that you might start to forget. So I know I use some of the Civil Engineering Academy things that you guys had posted, some of those classes, and I did the School of PE. So there's a ton of different resources and just make sure that you're taking advantage of them. And if you're at work, you're like some, I know at AECOM, they reimbursed us for some of those expenses. So see what your employer may be able to help you out with. And I would second that. Yeah, most people get reimbursed for study material to help them prepare to pass their PE exam. So. Yeah, because it's a huge benefit for your employer, too, for you to have your PE. Exactly. It's like the value of the company is their employees. And so you become much more valuable as soon as you get that PE license. Your bill rate goes way up. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> so, well, good advice. Good tips. Well, Jillian, this has been fun to talk about. Stormwater, interesting field to go into. Like more people to just know about it in general. When you took your PE exam, did you take it in water resources then? I did. And then to follow up, does, do you notice a lot of people taking the environmental PE exam, which is a whole separate exam? Yeah, I actually did take the environmental first and I did not pass it. Ah, okay. There was a lot of air pollution and I'd never done anything with air. And it was my one class as a senior that I hated was air pollution. So after taking that exam, I decided to take the water resources and the water resources was definitely much more to do with what I do every day. So I found it to be much easier, to be honest. That makes sense. It's probably just because that's what I do every day. So just make sure that when you are taking your PE exam, you think about what you're actually doing. Right. Yeah. Look at what you're doing in your career. And Yeah. I thought environmental because I got an environmental engineering degree, but realistically, most of what I've been doing since I graduated has all been civil engineering work. So I was much better off taking the water resources exam. I guess any follow-up tips to anybody confused by those two exams, like which one they should take? I would sit down and do the practice exam for both of them and see which one you feel more comfortable with. That is not something I had thought to do. So I just went blindly into the environmental one and I should have just sat down and done the practice exam and figured out which exam was a better fit for me. That makes sense. Like going to the NCES website, grabbing the practice yeah. exam, seeing if it's making sense, if you should go that route. Have I seen these problems before? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Because for me, the practice exam for... The water resources was very similar to the actual PE exam. Well, that's good advice. And yeah, we have resources at civilengineeringacademy.com. We do have a full-blown course for the, you know, the PE exam. And as a teaser, we are developing an environmental PE course as well. So yeah, that's coming out sometime. We're working on <laughs> it. So, well, uh, if anybody had any questions about, you know, stormwater engineering or even the PE exam, what's the best way for them to connect with you? They can reach me in my email. It's Jillian.Burbakov, 
J-I-L-L-I-A-N dot B as in boy, E-R, B as in boy, A-K-O-V as in Victor at BurgessNiple.com. Perfect. Okay, well, we'll make sure we link all that in our show notes. I appreciate uh, you jumping on, Jillian, with me. This has been a really fun episode to talk about this topic. And um, you have a great, great day. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.